Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. We got the Growing in Grace podcast happening right here. I believe that's probably why you're here. You clicked on it, uh, you tapped on it, or whatever you did to start listening. And um, and here we are, Joel Brzezinski and Mike Kapler uh, doing the Growing in Grace podcast. And we've been talking about you know something that we've talked about a lot over the years, but it's something that we believe is well worth talking about. And as much as we talk about it, we, we always love to share things. Uh, nothing... Um, we're not trying to just uh, come up with things. That's the thing. We're not trying to come up with things to talk about. You and I, Cap, we've never really struggled. We we might be thinking like, oh, what what should we talk about? And we'll toss some ideas back and forth. But it's not like we ever really struggle to figure out what we're going to talk about because this stuff is just what we do. But we'll we'll share things from a new angle, from a different perspective, uh, just that has come naturally to us. This isn't something like we're... We're just trying to come up with content for a podcast, even after <laughs> all these years. Um, this is just what is just what's in our hearts to do, and so yeah, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> what, what what was I saying? Well, <laughs> this this whole law talk. A lot of us grace people will all agree on, and have for many years, is that in Christ. We're not under the law. A person who's in Christ is not under the law. But we're taking it, what we believe, uh, a step further according to what we see in the Scriptures, in the New Testament writings, that the law itself has been wiped out. This is a quote from Colossians 2. Wiped out, taken out of the way, and nailed to the cross. I don't know how much deader something can get. And Ephesians Two says that it was broken down and that it was abolished in his flesh, in in Christ's flesh. And Galatians 3 also uh, says some similar things, uh, but a lot of times we'll take these things um, to... uh, So let me just get to what I'm going to say here. I I, I just got to say this, Joel, with with, with what you just said, I, I never see anywhere... With some of what you just referred to, I never see anywhere on, on a, one of Paul's follow-ups that the law was resurrected. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, like Nailed what to we the tried cross, to do, and then and then what? Oh, oh, it came back to life. Uh, right. No, I don't think so. That's right. And it's like as you were talking about last week about a, a social media post I had made that, that as Gentiles we never even had it in the first place. The law was never ours to use. In the first place, it was given exclusively to Israel. Gentiles around the world were not there, and they did not agree to the covenant. They did not even know. A lot of Gentiles, people around the world, had no clue that there was even such a thing as a covenant between God and the people of Israel. Now, some people did know that, but they were excluded from it nevertheless. And so why would we take something that was never ours in the first place and pick it up and go, oh, well, let's use this? <laughs> Yeah, Wouldn't that be like trespassing? Right, it'd be trespassing, it'd be like stealing. <laughs> play on words there. Yeah, trespass, tres- or trespasses. Um, so in Galatians 3, 
one of the things I think, one of the mistakes that I have made in the past, and I think that we make in general, is that we take this in at the end of Galatians 3. I'll, I'm going to read from the New King James Version first. Uh, Before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. I think two mistakes there. We uh, see that word tutor, and we think that it's a teacher. And that's not what Paul meant by the word tutor. We think it's a teacher that is teaching us, in general, um, to know what our, that we were sinful and that we needed to come to faith. So the other mistake there is that we, we look at this as personal faith that, that Paul was talking about um, before personal faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. Um, the law, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. And so the law showed us that we were sinners and that we needed faith. Now, I, it's true. I'm not saying that a person does not need to have faith. Justification is by grace through faith in Christ. And it's those who believe, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever believes in their heart, you know, so we're not saying uh, universalism, inclusionism, nothing like that. uh, I'm just saying that what is being said here in Galatians 3, if you back up, Paul was saying, and I mentioned this last week, that that there was a time coming. God had made a promise to Abraham of this time that would come where people would be justified by faith and that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. That's verse 8 of Galatians 3. And so then when you get down to the end of of Galatians, uh, near the end anyway, I think a better wording of what is being said here is in the ESV where it says, verse 23, before faith came, not personal faith, but this faith that was promised, this whole thing that was ju- that was promised to Abraham of justification by faith, before that came, we were held captive under the law. Again, who was held captive under the law? Those who were under the law. That was Israel. Um, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So again, he's not talking about until personal faith in Christ, until each individual person comes to faith in Christ. He's talking about this coming faith that had been promised to Abraham until that came, uh, until that would be revealed. So there was a revelation that what God was going to give through Christ of, of justification by faith. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came. Not a tutor that teaches us our sin and our need for faith, our need for salvation, but the law was our guardian. It kept Israel guarded, as the previous sentence says, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. It was Israel's guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. So this whole thing was there was a promise of justification by faith. Israel was kept guard under the law until that time. And then when Christ came, the seed came that you mentioned last week, Cap, until the seed came, that's verse 19, until the seed came, Israel was under the guardianship of the law. And then this faith was revealed in Christ. Now anybody, whether it's Jew or Gentile, can be justified by faith. That's really what it has, what's really what it means. Now that faith has come, again, not personal faith, but this faith that was 
promised to Abraham and now has been revealed in Christ, we are no longer under a guardian. So Israel's guardianship or the law's guardianship of Israel is done. It's done away with. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. And you read the rest of the that passage there. And I think it's important to get into chapter 4 as well, just because it says, um, in the fullness of time, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That was Israel, so that we might redeem adoption as sons. So now, this time in Christ, this promise that was made to Abraham, uh, fulfilled in Christ, now, because of all of that, we are sons, and God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir through God. So I just wanted to get through through some of that. I know we will have some other things to talk about in Hebrews and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good stuff. And it's so easy to play leapfrog from one Bible verse to the next, even yes. if you're just following verse after verse after verse, not even talking about skipping around to different books of the Bible. But it, it's so easy to do that. And then for some reason, I don't know why it is, but because, you know, the, these verses and, and chapters and so many other things were added by publishers in here. If we can begin to soak in the, the passage a little bit more, and, and, and help get a better view of the bigger picture, because what you were just talking about there, remember what Paul also said, the, the law was not really, the law was not of faith, or it was not based on faith. Uh, so when faith came, Jesus came. And when Jesus came, <laughs> the guardian was, was put away. Um, so this is all tied in here, but we sometimes we get so entrapped within a Bible verse, we forget what one was five, six, eight, ten verses ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> that, that you know, where the conversation is still continuing. Um, so it's, it's easy to do. It can happen to any of us, and and that's why we talk these things out, right? So, so what what about this this thing though with the law? You know, a lot of people think. I don't know if I want to get into this today, but I'll just mention it. Uh, a lot of people think that that Mosaic law from the Stone Tablet Commandments that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. A lot of people think that when the writer of Hebrews was making a reference to laws being written on our hearts. They think it's the Mosaic Law. It's not the Mosaic Law that God was writing on our hearts in this new and better covenant. And I, I, I want to get into something else here, though, because I, I, I mentioned it last week, and, and most of what I want to talk about here it does come from the book of Hebrews, and I'll start out specifically in Hebrews chapter 7. The, the, the priesthood was a, a big cog in the law wheel, <laughs> the Mosaic <laughs> law. The people who were appointed as priests, keeping this simple and, and trying to move it along here, they came from the tribe of the Levites. Not necessarily everybody from that Levitical tribe was a priest, but they were part of that priestly tribe, that, that tribe of ministry, if you will, for the Jewish people. Uh, the other tribes... They were kind of separated from that particular Levitical tribe. The Levitical tribe, I mean, they didn't even have food and fields and cattle and stuff like that. It was, it was given to them through, through tithing. And, and so the Jews who were priests from the Levitical tribe, they were appointed through the law that way. And they would serve, these priests would serve until they died. Many priests, they died. They were weak, the Bible says. Uh, and they were part of a law that was also weak. 
and then I think it's the New American Standard that says a, a weak and useless covenant is what they were ministers of. <laughs> um, Jesus is called a high priest. So we had a, a, a change of law, and we had a change of priesthood, because you couldn't have a change of one without a change of the other. Um, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 7, and this kind of jumped out at me recently, Joel, that the Jewish people received the law. Get this now. They received the law through the priesthood. <laughs> okay. So a lot of people today will have some sort of an understanding in, in New Covenant Christianity and a lot of churches and things like that. They'll have this assumption or this understanding that the, the priesthood has been done away with and was replaced with a new and better priesthood, which would be our new high priest, Jesus Christ. Um, here's the kicker, though. Jesus didn't come from the tribe of the Levites. He came from a different tribe, Judah. And the writer in Hebrews chapter 7 explains that the law said nothing about priests coming from the tribe of Judah. <laughs> and so my point here is that if there is any function still left with that old law, if there is anything, any place for it whatsoever, if in other words, if it hasn't been abolished, if it hasn't lost its place completely, if it hasn't come to an end, uh, if, if it's not obsolete, if, it, if it's still meant to have a function, then Jesus is not an acceptable high priest according to that law. And uh, this is interesting stuff here, and this is why we talk so much about it, is because we're trying to move people from a, a mentality, a mindset of works uh, and commandments and an effort to gain righteousness from God and, and move into faith and grace, which is a completely, not only the other side of the coin, but a completely different coin altogether. Right. That's the difference between the Old and the New Covenants, that one was based upon law, which was not of faith, and one is based upon faith in Jesus Christ and in his finished work. One's based upon our work, or, or the work of the people, the Jewish people, and one's based upon the work of Jesus Christ. One, the Old Covenant, was for the Jews exclusively, and the new one, the new covenant, is for all people. Christ died for all. And there are so many different things that Hebrews brings out about this, just real quickly, on that word um, change. For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also change of the law. <laughs> that word changed doesn't just mean, oh, there were some, some things changed in the law. There were just a, a few things that were changed. But it actually, the word actually is used two other times in the, in the book of Hebrews, and it's translated as removal. And that's actually what the Strong's definition calls it. It can mean change, but it also means removal. Of necessity, there is a removal of the law. And, and the reason for that, what you were saying, just backing up what you were saying, is that According to the law, Jesus could not be the high priest because the priest had to come from, well, in, in chapter 7 here, it says it had to be according to the order of Aaron, which of Aaron was from the Levites. The priesthood had to come from the Levites and from Aaron. And Jesus came from a completely different tribe. As you know, a lot of people well know the phrase, lion of the tribe of Judah. That was Jesus. Verse 14 of Hebrews 7 
uh, says, For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses, the law, spoke nothing concerning priesthood. So like you were saying, if, if, if the law is still in place, Jesus cannot be the high priest because he came from Judah. And then it, Hebrews 7 is just full of some really good things about Jesus being high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And uh, we can get into that sometime, uh, but it, it, it really does fit here too, that the whole priesthood of Jesus has nothing to do with the law of Moses. And in fact, like we were saying, Jesus cannot be high priest in this new covenant if the law is still in place because it would be illegal for him to do so. So there's, I think there's so much more that we can say about all of this, and we'll pick it up uh, some more next week on Growing in Grace as we talk more about how Gentiles were never given the law, and the law itself now um, has no place. It's not ours to do anything with. We'll talk more about that as time goes on on the Growing in Grace podcast. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.